Hi, Renee. Hi, thanks so much for chatting. Fun. You're in Berlin right now? I'm in Berlin, it's true. An Australian living in Berlin doing the, you know, one leg on both continent, <laughs> continents yeah, kind of I mean, thing. <laughs> I do know because I'm, I'm an Israeli um, living in Sydney, so yes, absolutely sure. doing the, the continent thing. Yeah, great. How long have you been in Sydney for? Um, I arrived in Sydney in November 2014. So ah, it cool. feels like quite a while now. And um, actually, I know that we need to speak about our works. And actually, my work relates to a lot of the, uh, a lot of the things that come up from being an Israeli in Australia. So actually, it's a really good thing to speak about. But I'm looking at the questions that we have lined up by Matt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm thinking it'll be cool to do that. So I'll ask you first. Okay. If, if that's okay with you. Sure. Um, so this is regarding your performance in March Dance Festival coming up in March. Um, and can you please tell me what you're going to do? Okay. Um, I'm part of two events. Um, they're created by Cicerus, a working group that I started in 2017 with a Finnish collaborator, dancer and choreographer Maria Numella. And the work began... That's in Berlin? um, The group is based in Berlin. Well, Maria is Mm. based in Finland and I'm based between Melbourne and Berlin. And we've been working through a series of residencies all in Europe at the moment. So this will be our first time coming to Australia with the Finnish artists as well. There's four of us in the group. Oh, wow. Yeah, so to, to a Finnish um, set and lighting designer, Kale Ropinen, Maria Numella, as I mentioned, dancer, choreographer, and Samuel Hertz, a sound designer, an American working in Berlin. So the four of us, originally it was Maria and I started working together through a practice of backwards walking. Um, sensing environment and understanding or trying to get a better understanding of this relationship between humans and the environment and impact and then when you're saying backwards walking do you mean that literally or metaphorically no literally so for the last uh, (laughs) five years I've been making work through this um, qigong meditation of backwards walking so like not understanding what's behind you and um yeah, you really have this amazing relationship with your spine and weight. And um, I also felt like I was really running, like going forward, traveling a lot, doing lots of projects and like grabbing things in front of me. So I find it a really refreshing practice to walk backwards. And it's so simple, like it's amazing the way you hear, the way you understand your body. So um, yeah, Maria and I connected because she was also working with backwards walking. And then from there, we kind of created this group. we both kind of brought in um, designers that we really appreciate their work. And we've done some really exciting things, actually. We're in um, Palais de Tokyo last year, the gallery in France, running um, immersive and multisensory workshops, thinking about, yeah, the materiality of air and how the body relates to air. Um, And so from that workshop, we're doing a workshop in March Dance called Part of Within, 
and this will be including backwards walking practices. Our designer, Kale Ropinen, will be with us. So it'll be, yeah, really a, a kind of journey, actually, with lights and um, sound impulses sent from Sam. Sam won't be with us, unfortunately, in Sydney. He's in um, America doing another project. So he's going to be sending things virtually to us. And then um, on the Sunday, the 31st, we'll be doing a showing of our work in project progress. So the work Sussurus, which is a performance installation, isn't completely finished yet. We've also we've had five residencies so far. We've been very privileged to be in lots wow. of great institutions. Yeah. But it's a really slow process, I think, trying to re-understand really like how we relate with the environment. And actually I should say that performance work, the kind of key is um connecting this human midlife crisis to the ecological crisis. So it's, it's, quite, it's quite kind of funny um, and tragic in a way. Uh, we're kind of, both my club, like all of us in the group are kind of around this age where we're, oh, we're, what's this midpoint, you know? And um, thinking about this midpoint also for the world, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite a, a heartening project, but a tough one to be a part of. <laughs> How do you feel that um, the environmental aspect and the, like the physical aspect and the walking backwards, how do they kind of come together? Um, oh, on so many levels. We're, we're also working with uh, a solar sculpture, the Aerocene Explorer. So this is a six by eight meter uh, inflatable sculpture that can be used for fossil fuel air travel. It's kind of being created by an artistic science group. That's kind of how we ended up. Wait, that. I know it's a, it's a big jump. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so uh, that's the, it's so org is the website where you can find information. And this is an artistic project um, initiated by a visual artist, Thomas Saraceno. So this kind of became part of our research at the start of last year. Uh, in Hellerau, the European Centre for the Arts, we started working with this sculpture. And that was a really big link to kind of create like a visual element with this outdoor sculpture that kind of oscillates and moves with the air and then transferring that onto the body. So that's like part one, like a very tangible, wow. you see the air and the sun and the wind moving this sculpture. And then you see these bodies moving indoors like recreating these experiences and so that's a really nice link that you kind of understand in a concrete way like oh yeah it's not just us walking around you know if we're kind of in conversation with all these things and then um i think the text there's a lot of text in the work so this kind of is collected through the backwards walking stories um that we write through these this process um so that's like a really nice way that if you don't know movement so well or how to read it, you also have these words that you can hold on to um, that can kind of lead you through the work. So, so is, it, is, is it audience participatory? Um, the, the performance, no. The performance, no. Uh, the audience sit around, around the work. So we perform on a stage and the audience sit around. And they can move, like they're, we're kind of in developments, we're looking at different options, but they kind of can be on cushions or stools and shift throughout the performance. Yeah, but then the, the workshop is obviously participatory and the outdoor launch, which we hope to have it with us in Sydney. We're still kind of negotiating ways to bring it over. So I'm not sure if Sydney audiences can see the Aerocene Explorer, but I hope so. We're working on that at the moment. And, um, wow. 
Yeah, so that's what I'm doing. And how about you? What are you doing for March dance? Um, I, what I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. No, I do know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, I don't know what I'm doing. Yes, I do. Um, I'm creating a dance work. Um, I think um, it's a dance work. I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing through this work. Um, I feel like there is a, a big part of myself being a choreographer and being an artist and working with people, trying to understand uh, where is this going um, in parallel to where my life is going mm-hmm. and how is my work influenced by my life and how is my life being influenced by my work, just to kind of try to find some sort of um, clear, some sort of clarity, some sort of, some sort of truth. Um, and I feel like for me, this work started with a strong vision. The work is called Terrarium. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like actually with all of the works that I've created thus far, um, it's all basically the same thing. It's the same work. It's the same kind of um, search. And every time I go into the studio and go try to recreate this idea again, um, I just find it in a different way and go deeper and deeper into it. So um, in this process, I'm asking myself and the dancers, I'm working with um, four female dancers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm asking questions that uh, belong to identity. What does it mean to be a foreigner? Um, what does it mean to be lonely? Um, there's this image that keeps chasing me around and it's... Um, it's when I created my first work, Valley, I worked with this idea of a huge landscape, uh, this ice archipelago, um, which is next to the North Pole. It's mm-hmm. called Svalbard. Okay. Have you, heard of, have you heard of Svalbard? No. It's this huge archipelago, and because it's so close to the North Pole, it's uh, almost unchanging. So now with, it, you know, with the climate change, the landscape is changing. Mm. But for many, many years, it was kept unchanged. It was frozen. It doesn't rain. It doesn't snow there. It's just a kind of like a, uh, just like, almost like a piece of the moon or something. Mm-hmm. And it, it was kept like that for so many years. And uh, different civilizations tried to kind of occupy this area. But because there are no really like hunting grounds, like things don't really live there. Uh, nothing really grows there. It was really hard to maintain a community there. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I pause for my dog. <laughs> it's very and, sweet um, <laughs> seeing this yeah. behind you. <laughs> Lovely. So this place, Valbard, it um, it has this community on it, and it used to be kept as a heritage place for many, many years, and. The thing about this place was that you can't change it. So if you are going to visit this place, you have to sign some sort of a, like, like a contract and you have to swear that you're not going to do anything to the landscape. You can't dig a hole. You can barely even uh, hang your clothes over the, you know, the, um, what do you call it? Clothesline? The, the wash, the clothesline. Yeah. Just because everything, everything is a heritage there. Wow. If you if you if you dig a hole in Svalbard, it will stay there forever. 
Um, and this idea of this kind of unchanging landscape, um, as opposed to our landscape, you know, the urban landscape where we live in, and I don't, I don't care what happens to the sidewalk, I don't, you know, um, metaphorically speaking, I don't really mind what's happening around because everything is happening so quickly mm. and everything's changing so quickly and everything is like disposable. The idea that everything is really, really precious mm. kind of really resonate, resonated to me. And the idea of being in this kind of place where you are completely isolated and you're very, very lonely and, um, and you have this kind of very special relationship with your environment. Yeah, nice. That interests me. And um, I'm working in a way that is purely improvised. So we actually had quite a lot of material in this work and I haven't created a single movement or step from it. Everything is coming from this research of um, this kind of emotional and uh, visual and conceptual research of the dancers. Mm -hmm. And through that we're going to, uh, we're creating almost like statues that we are maintaining and we're creating a story for each physical statue. Mm -hmm. And you need to project that story in the best way you can. So if I'm holding a position, and my story here is that there's a person behind me and he's about to attack me. And I am actually standing on a cliff or maybe I'm floating in outer space and all of these things are happening around me and I can create this imaginary world around me and feel how it changes my body and how it changes my focus and how it changes my feeling. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I really, really like to create these stories based on feelings that are to do with our identity and our growth and being a foreigner and feeling this kind of dialogue or conflict of belonging, of... Um, um, I'm imagining that it's something that is both, you know, if you're imagining that you're in, a, in an isolated place and you're completely by yourself, mm -hmm. I'm thinking it probably has a, quite a lot of freedom to it. You can do anything you want. You can run around like a maniac. You can scream. You can pull stupid faces. And no one is there to kind of give you the perspective of what's normal and what's not normal. And you start to lose that sense of, you know, of um, behavior. Mm. You don't have that kind of scale anymore of, because you always need society to tell you how to behave so you know if you're an outsider or an insider. Mm. And then so, can you talk a bit mm. about, so valley, the valley was in what year that you made the valley? That was in 2016 and 2017. Okay, and the terrarium, this terrarium work is a continuation of that research? It's a continuation of the research. I'm, a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm approaching it in a completely different way. Yeah. Um, so by creating these kind of... Uh, I guess the starting point is creating these statues, these positions, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and working with stories that we tell the body and try to project those stories outwards. And then I manipulate those stories. It's almost like planting a seed, which is one of the, one story, creating a tree, 
from that story and then it branches out to many different directions and then it can combine into a dialogue you know like a shared story mm. you know or a collective story so it's I'm, tr- I'm trying to create a work that is telling short stories mm-hmm. which are all under the umbrella of the same kind of concept and idea right and is this and the premiere of the work yeah it is it's a it's it's the premiere of the work i'm it's a showing of a work in, in a progress essentially um i haven't had um i think we worked on it since the beginning of january mm-hmm. and in kind of limited time and around everybody everybody's availability um you know, kind of getting in the studio, sometimes for two hours, sometimes for three hours, and just trying to get this piece together. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm apologizing for it. I feel like we can't. We came up with something that's actually quite amazing. We still have time to work because it's only uh, kind of the beginning-ish of Feb, so we have all the way until the 15th and 16th of March. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, great. Yeah, our work is also a work in progress. I think this is interesting when things, um, you kind of invite audiences into this process. Like, it's so informative for the work. And I think it's also interesting for audiences to see something as it's evolving and, like, follow something over a few years. Because, yeah, it's, it, I understand when teams are dispersed and people have schedules and multiple projects, it's... Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It adds something also, I think, developing things over time. It's really exciting process. Cool. I, um, I wonder, we were talking before, did you speak about ownership at some point? Did you mention ownership? No. Somehow I, get, I have this reference in the back of my head of like, oh, you mentioned something, I don't remember what it was. But I have a question anyway. Okay. And the question is, now that you live in Berlin for as long as you've been living in Berlin, you said from 2013? 2015, yeah. So 15? Yeah, three years, three and a bit. Do you feel like you have ownership over being a German? Ah, okay, like linking to your, um, yeah, this foreigner idea. Um, hmm. I mean, I'm very nomadic. I'm a freelance artist. And I actually, last year I had 17 trips. At the end of each year, I kind of count, you know. <laughs> I'm very much uh, aware of, like, my my paths through the world. I guess it's also through working with ecology and understanding movement. Um, so, yeah, I have this very privileged nomadic life, but privileged and also challenging to maintain uh relationships and friendships and home life and all of these things um so i would say in terms of feeling german i i don't feel german i feel like my uh there's particular traits uh in berlin like that like you're saying that society informs you it's definitely a lot more serious um than it is in australia like i don't really smile as much and I take my <laughs> and I take my work a lot more seriously. I think in Australia I was and I still work quite a lot in Australia for companies and things like this. But I was often uh, very flexible 
in Australia and like shifting between regional commissions or acting and dancing. Whereas now I'm very much like I'm a choreographer focused on making work about ecology and I do all these other things because I enjoy them and it like fuels my practice, but this is my practice. And I think that's very German, like that approach to work. And I think it's also uh, really necessary here just because the scene is so huge that people are often like, okay, like, and it sounds tough, but it's like you put yourself in these categories and it's also really uh, rewarding because you can dig deeper into it, but it's just a different way of working. So I think that's really shifted mm -hmm. since being in Berlin. Mm. Yeah. Um, in terms of how are you doing it? Another question from Matt and Wombat Radio. How are you kind of making the work you're making? Um, so we started the work with this idea of creating chapters, almost like a Wes Anderson movie. Mm -hmm. um, I actually wanted to somehow incorporate the, the words, either spoken or written, um, chapter one, chapter two. I had titles. I worked with the idea of titles because I'm working with stories. I thought uh, it would be nice to maybe title a section or title a moment um, and see how that influences the perception of the audience over receiving a story. Um, how does having a title? Um, so compositionally, I thought I would divide it. Um, and then slowly I'm going further and further away from it. Um, probably I'll meet this idea back when I kind of arrive to more advanced parts of the creative process. But right now I have so many wonderful ideas and I feel like I want to incorporate all of them throughout the entire work and create a work that is... Um, um, it's funny because sometimes I think it also relates to what you're saying about backwards. Um, I think a work can be linear in the sense that um, it starts with something and then it builds up almost like a fairy tale story. Once upon a time, this and this happened, suddenly something happened, and then there's the climax, and then there's a res it resolves. That's like a very classic linear kind of dance work. Um, and it's told in, in, in tension, uh, build up and release of tension. Um, and then in another work that I did, I actually tried to, instead of looking at it linearly, I thought I'm kind of zooming in. So the first section was kind of the entire work, but then I kept zooming into it and zooming into it and zooming into it to find what it means deeper and deeper inside. Um, so yeah, now in Terrarium, I'm not sure where it's going to take me. Um, right now it feels like, uh, like a Vegemite spread on a toast. <laughs> like we have all of these ideas and we're just kind of swimming inside them and we don't have a clear structure yet. And I feel like it's actually a very pleasant place to be and it feels nice. Mm. Actually, maybe, I, maybe I'll share a reference. Um, Daniel Kitson is a comedian, a stand-up comedian and theatre maker from Manchester. 
But I think it's been just what you're saying about structuring work and these stories, because I actually trained at the Victorian College of the Arts as an actor, so my background's in acting and like making theatre work. And um, so what you're saying about this kind of uh, structural arc of a work uh, resonates really strongly. But Daniel Kitson, I remember he used to come out for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival each year. And I saw this one show where everything that was impossible became inevitable. So I, mm. I can't remember the title of the show. I could find it and email it to you and maybe Matt could put it on the Wombat Radio blog. But it's uh, super interesting because he kind of would start out that friends were vegetarians, you know, and he would always be like, oh, yeah, but do you do you have leather shoes and what about honey? And, you know, it was totally impossible that anyone could be vegetarian. And then, you know, he's in love with a woman and it's impossible they'll ever break up because they love each other so much. And he would kind of set up all these stories and through the work they would all interweave. And then by the end of the show, everything that was totally impossible became inevitable that it had to happen like he had to break up with this person he became a vegan he wasn't even vegetarian he was vegan you know and I really loved it because it yeah it just shows how like over time all these things become intermeshed and you're constantly changing and shifting and I thought it was really beautiful so yeah just to share some inspiration that's really really cool Mm. also also because I think Sometimes it's really hard for me to describe my work because I feel like it incorporates uh, change. And um, when I started the work, uh, I felt a certain way and now I feel a different way. And I grew and learned through the work as well. So I feel like it's hard for me sometimes to just stick to the one concept. So I think in this situation, I'm allowing the concept to be change to be life to just allow everything to just be channeled through this kind of vessel which we call choreography and just allow it to surface up not just my own change but also the change of the dancers and the change of the musician we have by the way a live um a live musician playing with us very nice and how are you going about doing your performance so in the making of Ciceros, the performance work and the workshops creating and also with the Aerosene Foundation, this sculpture we were talking about, um, we've been working through a series of residencies. So all being based in different countries, it's um, quite a logistical challenge for us to come together. So we kind of have uh, these two-week blocks usually where we come together in a residency and that's really important for us that the uh, space and lighting designer Carly Roppinen is there and also the sound designer Samuel Hertz uh, along with Maria and I so we can all layer in the different mediums together that's a really rewarding part actually and then in between residencies we work in studios by ourselves and we send material to each other so if there's um an idea someone has then they can send it through so then we work on it individually in studios and record material and send it back 
I work a lot, as I mentioned, I studied as an actor, so I work a lot with text. So I'll often do a backwards walking practice and then do stream of unconscious writing and then edit that down to something that feels quite concrete, usually quite surreal. I think I should mention susurrus is actually a noun and it means a whisper, murmur, murmur or rustle. So it's kind of referring to this sound. And I quite like it because it also sounds a bit like surreal. So we kind of also aesthetically have this surreal midlife crisis, doomsday clock. You know, there's all these things, two women on stage, one from Finland, one from Australia, very different um, mannerisms. So there's all these kind of uh, layers on top of each other. So I think through these time working individually and then coming together, it really strengthens also uh, the four of us individually, that then we can kind of come and collaborate and layer everything on top. So I guess it's like, a, I don't know, I really like to think of Sussurus almost like the, like we've been talking a bit about landscapes and I use landscapes also a lot in my work, also past works um, for the last few years. But I really think it's like the mountain, you know, that you have the the kind of chalky limestone sponge underneath soaking in the water and that's our individual time and then it kind of moves up to the more concrete rock which is what the audience see but hopefully what's underneath is really rich and kind of continues to resonate and then you have the aerosene sculpture on top that's just floating in the air <laughs> so wow. yeah yeah I know it's a big promise isn't it I hope audiences can experience no, it that sounds amazing okay thanks um, so if, if I'm telling you, um, I think now our task is to tell each other what we think the other one is doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. That's a nice so, summary. Um, I think what you are doing is a, uh, a work that involves a certain richness of research that is, um, is multicultural and is to do with... Um, is to do with life or midlife crisis, you said, and it's to do with the collaboration between you and the Finnish uh, artist. And you have above you a, a big floating statue. The aerosene sculpture. This happens outdoors and then the performance is indoors, but they're connected. I was just imagining that it's above you. <laughs> it's not about you. No, unfortunately not. It, needs, it really needs the sun and air and wind, so it's an outdoor sculpture. And it involves backwards walking. And um, that it's going to be, it sounds like it's going to be very, very interesting because you sound like a very interesting person. Oh, that's I, uh, I, Thank I, you. I don't, I don't have in my mind what kind of, uh, uh, what kind of visual the, the choreography is going to be exerting, but I can imagine that it's going to be really, really good. <laughs> Thanks. Um, from what I've learned from your work and practice, Terrarium is going to be with four women on stage um, and they're working with short stories that they're embodying through these sculptures, a bit like a terrarium. I kind of also see the glass terrarium with the plant inside, kind of, I guess, also working with the environment that it's in. Um, and that it's kind of also furthering on your research that you were creating through the valley and that they're both works in progress. I think Sussurus and Terrarium are works in progress and that we're inviting audiences in to see what we're doing. Um, 
and that terrarium I think is kind of growing and changing and evolving with this idea of what it means to be foreign and what it means to be in new situations. Amazing. <laughs> Great. I look forward to meeting you in person in Sydney and I invite everyone listening to this to come and be part of our process. Yes, thank you so much for listening. And go onto the March Dance website and um, buy tickets. <laughs> Great, thank you. Thanks.